Hello, welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I'm recording the intro on my phone. The episode itself will sound pristine because of our wonderful guest, Tyler, uh, who is a professional podcast editor for shows like Unqualified, Zekian, Missy, My Bang, like that little unqualified world with out of farce. Um, was nice enough to offer to edit this episode to make it sound good and pro bono, so thank you, Tyler. Um, Tyler's a friend of the show. Obviously, he's been on a few times, and I've been on his shows a few times, and just one of those people I've gotten to meet through podcasting, and it's a, it is a nice community. Uh, this is an f- interesting episode because it turned into something very special. Literally, I think I messaged him that morning. I was like, hey, I have free time tonight. Do you want to record a podcast? And within like 12 hours, we recorded a podcast. First half, we talk about nerd stuff because that's what we do. And then... um. I just wanted to ask him kind of about this tweet he had made about being bisexual. Like, first time I was, um, that he, he, I don't know, is it coming out or opening up? But he said he was bisexual on Twitter, so I kind of asked him about it. And this really cool conversation, and it ends up being really special. And I'm so glad that he, he was, that we got to talk about it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. What's it like to be bisexual in small town Washington? I know there's a lot of great steps forwards, but homophobia is still alive. And how, just the conversations with family and um, especially within the community of uh, bisexual, and, whatever. Tyler is so awesome and so open, and I'm really Gotta say, I'm gonna say I'm actually really proud of this conversation. It came out really great. Make sure you follow Tyler on Twitter at futurehorsepod, futurehorsepod.com, where you can find everything. He's got other podcasts like the Cynical Cartoons, Unfortunate Associates, and I think he might be bringing back Adam Sandcast, which is, yes, every Adam Sandler movie. Um, Tyler's a great dude. His Twitter has actually gotten really good. He's getting, re- he's becoming very funny and keep your eyes keep your ears and eyes open this is someone who's going to make a name for themselves more in the podcasting world in the coming years so i'm happy to get to have this chat now feel free to follow me on all the things that let's chat podcast and i'll be posting more episodes soon and more frequently um things have kind of gotten back to normal which feels wonderful and i already have another recorded episode and one scheduled so hopefully a few a month all right let's get to it I was just reading about this earlier today, actually. It's like the paralysis of choice. And it used to be that, you know, you would have five movies on VHS and it would be very easy to pick whatever Disney movie or whatever movie it is that you're looking for. But then now I have three or four hundred blu-rays on my shelf i have netflix i have a bunch of movies on voodoo things like that and so i just literally will like browse for 30 minutes and then maybe sometimes not pick something and just walk away and not watch a movie at all it's horrible that's my every day yeah i just even remember like my parents telling me that when i was a kid my parents probably a little older than older than yours but it's like when i was a kid we had three channels we didn't have all these fancy vhs tapes right but i mean our selection now comparatively to when i was growing up is much different yeah and it's a question of when will we start to backslide where things are suddenly not available on the internet anymore you know i mean up until this point it's been more and more things available every day and there will be a point where like things are so 
sectionalized, I guess, from different streaming platforms and everybody has to have their own that it's just impossible to have all of it. Oh, yeah. And then when you throw YouTube in the mix, then game over, man. Yeah. Do you remember when YouTube um, started? When it used to just be like weird videos of people speeding in Russia and like fight bum fights and just the worst possible shit in the world? Yeah, but I was I was pretty young. I think 2005, right? So I must have been like 11. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like I was a youngin. I'm I mean, I mean I know the like the inception of it was like the Janet Jackson Super Bowl thing was like a huge thing for YouTube, you know, cuz everybody wanted to watch that and there wasn't another way to do that if you missed it. Oh my god. You know? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And then now that's like something that wouldn't be allowed there because one copyrighted by the NFL to nudity, yeah. you know, and both those things aren't even on YouTube at all. And cause I was, um, I used to, when I was in co- I was in college, I think was I Oh five. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, okay. I thought you were asking me. I was like, how, how would oh, I yeah, know? No, I had to think for a sec when I was in college. Um, cause we used to watch uh Dara comedy like mm. obsessively. I, I remember watching, which is not, you know, Donald Glover. Right. And right. then it would like SNL would add like the digital shorts. And that was like the biggest deal when like lazy Sunday happened because we wanted to see stuff on SNL without watching it. Right. And we would like find bootleg shit on YouTube. It was crazy. Yeah, it's funny how late to the game they were sort of, though, with just like uploading sketches. Like they only started doing that like three years ago where they would actually upload a sketch that everybody wanted to see on YouTube. Before that, they were like trying to keep you on their like weird, like secluded website forever. And it wasn't even I think I mean, from I could be wrong. I don't know everything. I didn't like read the um, oral history of SNL, which I would like to. But I think it was like Lonely Island was the the driving force of like making digital content be like, no, let's make this now. And then it could live forever. Right. And. Like, I think they fought that, and I think it turned. And I know Conan, when he went to TBS, that was, like, the first, like, mainstream that I that I know of. I could always be wrong. Of the people I watched who was like, let's make this, and it can live on the internet and television. Because I don't think Conan was probably in a unique situation where they didn't need the same numbers that you need to hit on NBC compared to TBS. Right. Well, and it's a... Uh... Oh, are you wearing headphones on your side? Yeah. Oh, okay, because it sounds like I'm, I'm bleeding through for some reason. Yeah, it is, but I'll just mute it. I can mute it all out. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, just making sure. Just on a, on a technical audio file level, I've just been doing this for like three years, and I'm just like so obsessively, I want everything to sound so great, you know? I give you credit, because I'm always like, I gotta take a class. It's like four years in, I'm like, I still don't quite... And dude, the, audio, the equipment I have from four years ago, when we spent like the guy I started this with, we probably spent like $400, which is what you could do pretty much now with the cell phone. Yeah. Not really. well, but like, I want to get like, um, what are those called? The like ones that you can like, travel with. Oh, like a zoom recorder. Yes. Yeah. I've- yeah. So, so that's what I'm working off of. I got like a zoom and like a couple of really nice. I mean, you like it, dude, here's the thing is my setup right now is the setup of the people that I work for who have, tens of thousands of dollars they could throw at this kind of stuff you know they could buy like the most insane six thousand dollar microphones whatever you know but they're working with like a lot of similar tech to what i'm working with i think that's the thing about podcasting is that it's sort of like if somebody wants to sound professional they can sound better than whatever celebrity show with very minimal effort it's like three or four hundred dollars and you can sound better than 75 percent of the shows out there that's so crazy because like you'll always hear like um the NPR things talking about how they have like such a hard time like doing that. Maybe it's a little different, like, um, or like voiceover, they use like a very, very, very expensive like recording device so they could record live for like Bob's Burgers and stuff when like they could just use like Zooms or whatever, or Zoom, whatever the word you said was. 
let's relate this to normal people then. Um, so did you see the South Park Six Days to Air special? <laughs> yeah. And they're just working off Macintosh that you could buy at, at the store? Yeah, that's that's pretty much Blew it. Blew my yeah. fucking mind. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can walk into a store and buy a Mac. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to do that, but like, it's just still crazy that those dudes are just using like Max. I mean, when you look at South Park, it's not, it doesn't look like it takes a lot more than what people use to process a YouTube video. You know, it's not, <laughs> I know it's not the most insane. And then sometimes they'll do something that's like, oh, that looks more expensive than everything else, but it still looks less expensive than an episode of the Simpsons <laughs> Oh, or something God, yeah. like that, you know? If you watch, have you ever watched the old, old South Parks? Like when it was like the right. cut paper right. look? So how you been, man? It's um been like a year since you were on, maybe? Yeah, it's been something like that. I've been good, man. I mean, things move slow. They move fast. They, they do both at the same time, I guess. Yeah. Are you still in school? No. Nah, I haven't I, kept up with anyone's life. <laughs> no, I graduated a couple of years ago, actually. Around, That's what I around thought. Around this okay. time, 2016, yeah. You know, I've just been working, grinding away, trying to save up to move to LA, pretty much. I mean, trying to get out of Aberdeen, Washington is... Is that Nirvana it's a place Town? That exists. It's Nirvana Town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I know that. That's literally the 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 only person that ever got out of Aberdeen and made themselves successful. Also, you know, blew his brains out. I mean, it's it's not. There's not a lot of role models from around here. I would say. <laughs> That's so funny. Even though I'm a huge Nirvana fan, like he's not somebody to look up to. I don't think really. No. Severely ill man. It's just funny because podcasting too. Like you're one of the few people I know who actually have a job in podcasting, and you live in fucking Aberdeen, Washington, and not Los Angeles or New York. Right. And I'm trying to fix that. That's the thing is yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> I think that it's something that you can do. Like I'm a I'm an editor and I host and produce and edit and promote all of my own stuff, you know, and it's one of those things that like I can do it from where I'm at and it's a lot cheaper to do it from where I'm at. But if I actually lived in L.A. where everybody is, I can, you know, make connections and actually like grind away at that, you know, and do more than just like hope that a producer throws me a bone, you know. Are you? Do you say who you edit for, or is that like a secret? No, no, I I talk about it all the time. Yeah, I, I brag about it. Um, hell yeah, man, Anna Faris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I work on Anna's show, and I just started on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You, with Michael Rosenbaum. It's who's that? I know that fucking name. awesome. He was Lex Luthor on Smallville, and he had a show called Impastor, and uh, he's been around the block. Oh man. yeah, yeah, he is. He is an awesome host. He um. I don't know, he's got, he's got kind of like a Howard Stern thing going on. He's got like celebrity guests, you know, he talked to like Eli Roth and a lot of co-stars from Smallville and things like that. And he had Daniel Panabaker on from The Flash and I got to work on that episode. So that was very cool. Oh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. I totally gave up on Flash. Sorry. <laughs> At what point? What, what was your out on um, Flash? Season four after Savitar. Just you didn't watch season four at all. Um, I watched that stupid guy that I hated in it. The elastic looking dude. Oh, you don't like him. Well, it, it, to be fair, this wasn't even the Flash's problem. Like, just either, there, everything else in my life was not going the way it would be, so like, yeah. everything kind of fell off. <laughs> so I was like, the the TV, the, it wasn't even, it might not so, even so been you, the show. So you don't have, no, it was the show too. The show is bad now, but you don't have four hours of TV watching a week to watch, five hours now to watch all the CW no. superhero junk. I get that. It's It's one of those things that just sort of like, it's totally fallen off the rails. Like, Flash was so bad this season, but I have the time to watch it they're making it and i love the flash so i'm just gonna watch it because like it can still be fun and even when it's not good it's bad if that makes sense like i can enjoy it on a very ironic level and like enjoy the memes and all yeah. that stuff so when it goes to netflix i'll probably like just i'll watch the whole season the one thing that i really want to recommend from this season actually is uh 
Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know if you watched that ever. Um, yes, I've seen some of that. Okay, and but, I, I liked it, but then yeah, well, some so, stuff I didn't keep up with. Yeah, so Wally West sort of jumped ship from the Flash. Like they weren't using him at all. So like he just moved over to Legends, and he is like fucking killing it, dude. Like Keenan Lonsdale is so good, the actor who plays Wally, and um, that show is just so fun. Like in the finale of that show, they are like fighting this demon the entire season. And they summon like a giant teddy bear to come out and fight the demon. It's just like a big like CGI battle with these like two like 40 foot monsters just like fighting each other for fight. It's like this is so dumb and like awesome. I watched some of the Infinite Crisis Earth, uh, the Nazi planet one. That's fun. I, I liked that 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 little special. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't even none of the stuff was bad. Some of it was just like I was just like, uh, Crisis on Earth X, I think was what it was called. That first episode yes, of it okay. when they're at the wedding is like the best hour of tv i've ever seen and it's not even like good i just enjoyed it on like a pure emotional level yeah right it's fun to see the characters you like interact and especially because like hot take uh the dceu does not do that well (laughs) yeah oh controversial Ooh, i'm not sure if uh (laughs) if anyone's ever had that statement (laughs) yeah it's it's messy man it's it's crazy it's so funny. I walked out of uh, Avengers Infinity War and I, I had loved it so much. And yeah, me too. I, my first thought walking out of it is the next DC movie is Aquaman. They're going to follow this up with fucking Aquaman this December. And it's like, oh, my, you guys like just stop. Just do something different than what you're doing. Like Captain Marvel is not. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I. We, I saw Infinity War. Well, man, sorry, so Sh- Shazam just, and Captain Marvel were different characters. Just to clarify, I don't mean to. Oh, yeah. In, instill the wrath of a, a thousand internet nerds. I know they're different. We were at a uh, my brother in law was getting married, so we were at a baby shower in Queens, and then um, we and my in laws like we ended, and they're like, "Oh, we'll watch the, the my my daughter fell asleep." They're like, "Oh, we'll watch the baby if you want to go try to see the movie." We're like, "All right." And mm. this is New York City, so for I Infinity thinking, War. Uh, for Infinity War, yeah. Okay. And the, the day it comes out, I think it's the Saturday. So it's a come on Friday. So this is the Saturday it comes out that week, that weekend it comes out. And I'm like, well, we're in fucking Queens. There's no way it's going to sell out because like we drove to a giant multiplex with a hundred thousand theaters and every single showing was sold out. Even like the 2 a.m. or midnight showing. Right. So I had to wait like a week after to go see it. It was that like, it was that massive. That's so funny that, that like you live in an area where like everything gets sold out for a week. I live in an area where like, the screening for Solo was like half full on opening night. But oh, you went to Solo? Yeah, I went I went regrettably, I went to Solo. But that that's the trade-off. You know, like you live in an area where it'll it'll sell out like that, but you have so many options for like indie theaters and things like that. In my area, we didn't get Love Simon, we didn't get like Shape of Water, or any of the like Oscar nominees from last year. We didn't get we don't get anything that's not like an A-list movie. And they kept Jumanji in the theater for like four months. <laughs> and it's like, like they literally had it screening at that theater three times a day up until it came out on DVD. And then they were like, all right, I guess we can pull it now. Wow. Yeah, you're going to love it. I've never been to LA, but you're going to love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a much larger city. Like I moved from Connecticut to Providence and Providence is a very small city, especially compared to LA. But just the difference of being somewhere where bands come to yep live comedy good food yeah i'm excited i've i've been i visited a couple of times to la mm-hmm. yeah i went down from for work and then we went on like a family road trip down that way too i have a friend a really good friend from college who works out there uh like born and raised and then 
does something in post-production and I never quite understand what he's talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, I'd like to, I never, I always thought I would never want to go there, but the more I learned about it, I was like, it actually sounds pretty cool. It just sounds like a bunch of suburbs smashed together. I went down at the end of March. We went on like a family road trip down the coast and, uh, it was cool. Like I, I only started driving this year for some reason. And so, um, it was because well, you live in Aberdeen where else yep, do you need to go. Yep. You just walk everywhere anyway. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, it's it's literally like four miles wide, my town. Like it's it's That's very small. Yeah. Well, and so while we were down there, though, like we went to like Amoeba Records, you know, and, and like all of the oh. cool spots and stuff like that. And that was very cool because like you don't like see physical music media anywhere anymore. You know, that just doesn't exist in any form. Oh, yeah. We like have Walmart CDs. Like five record stores where I live. So it was, it was a lot of like hitting up like record stores and like looking at like old cassettes and things like that. Yeah. My car plays. The vintage scene's fucking nuts. Yeah. There's um, this one place, there's like a gourmet donut shop next to the record shop. I'm like, this doesn't happen everywhere anymore. Yeah. But like in New York, that stuff is all disappearing too because it's just so expensive. So everyone's like kind of moving to the smaller cities. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. I've Did you get to go to Nerd Melt before it closed? Because I've always heard about that place for so many podcasts. I'm like, I wonder what it's like. Here's the kind of fucked up thing is that I've never really been to a live comedy show that I wasn't working on. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to sit in on a recording of Missy and Zach Might Bang, which we did live. Uh, That's Missy Pyle and Zach Selwyn's podcast that I work on. That was really cool, you know, and it was like the first like live comedy show I'd ever been to and I was working on it. I was supposed to go to my first live podcast taping. and It was the West Wing Weekly. I don't know if you ever would listen listen to that one. I haven't heard it. It was in Boston. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Is that the one that's <laughs> it's, co- it's like co-hosted by one of the stars of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, Josh Molina and uh, Rishi Herway from uh, Sound Song Exploder. Okay, so I might have heard like an episode then somewhere. Yeah, I'm like a long. I didn't discover West Wing until about five years ago and a decade, but it's amazing. And um, like my daughter got injured, like hit her head that day. And we had to go to the doctor, and it's like, okay, we're not going. Right. And it was oh, like no. a day, and it was, and there was like a live taping of like the Bechdel cast in at Brown. And like those two have been on here. So I was like, oh my God, it'd be so cool. I can go say hello and I'm going to see two live podcasts in one day and then didn't do either. So I've still never been to a live taping. There's been other ones. I just haven't gone to them. Yeah, that's that's the very the very strange thing about all of this is like recording remotely like we do a lot of the time is I have been podcasting with my co-host B or my co-host Christian, you know, for a very long time. And uh, some of these people I just don't ever meet. Like B, my co-host on Unfortunate Associates, I've been talking to like weekly for a year and a half now. Never met them, you know, and we don't have plans at this point. Like maybe when I move to L.A., I'll have them come out and visit or something. But, you know, it's one of those things where like I don't have the money to just like go over and like visit people in New York, even if I'm good friends with them. I did. It's such a weird way. Yeah. I mean, like I know a bunch of people through the Internet. I'm like, I talking to you more than the people I know in my actual life. Right. You know what sucks? So I, I have um, a job that I, I, I – like a normal person job that I, I really like. But like I'm like the quote-unquote nerd there because I went to see Infinity War. But we're also – but because no one there knows the fuck I'm talking about. But then I'm like – I go to Comic-Con and you're like uh, – I it's almost like you're like a jock there because you're like just not cosplaying a regular t-shirt. Right. So it's always – like just if you even have your toe into the – like you think it's so popular but then it's not. But like when I'm online talking to all my friends about Infinity War and Flash and all my like the, the superhero shows I love, and then I go to work and I mention it, they're like, "Oh, are you gonna see that Infant War? Something about infants, right? Avengers Infinity War, yeah." And it, yeah, it's it's so funny how that works. Like in your real life, you'll find people who don't know anything you like, 
And then you end up on the internet all day talking to the people that you're like, ah, we, too bad you don't live close, so we would never hang out. Yeah, it, it was weird the other day when uh, somebody that I was podcasting with mentioned like that I'm cool. I was like, I'm, I'm cool. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I've never been cool in any way, shape, or form of the word. It's so funny to, I don't know, just like the, the nerds. The, yeah, like the perception of people online. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that if people only listen to me in my podcast and have never talked to me in person, they would think that I'm like smart and funny off the cuff and. I don't know, in any way charming, I guess. I, I actually have done this sometimes if I'm like a, a social situation and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, all right, pretend they're your podcast guest. And like, because there's like a mode. I mean, I still right. think it's me, but I also feel like there's a little bit, I'm probably a better listener or something. So I'm like, all right, well, try to ask these people questions. Like I'll try to, like if I'm at a wedding or a party or something. Right. I'm like, all right, let's let's just be, te- I, it's almost cha- like going to like a faux character to like, all right, let people think you're cool. <laughs> I don't know if I was always as on as I am on when I'm recording a podcast then I would have to sleep like 14 hours a night because it just wears me out so quickly. <laughs> oh, I get the, I get like a high afterwards. So I'm like, so you're an introvert then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I am is an introvert that wants to be an extrovert. Um, yeah, there's an interesting study about like introvert extrovert isn't about like wanting to talk to people or whatever. It's like. An introvert is someone who loses energy by being around people. An extrovert is someone who gains energy around people. Exactly. Yeah. It's just about like, so like my wife is an introvert. Like she loves people. Well, she might say differently, but then (laughs) she's like exhausted by it. And then we're me. I'm like, oh my God, let's never stop. That's exactly what it is. Like I might be like better at talking to people than another person who's an extrovert. But if I go to a party or something like that, I am very much done after like 20 minutes sometimes, you know, of just being in that kind of environment. And it just wears me down so quickly. And even like podcast recording, like sometimes I can do two in a row. But, you know, there's a certain point of like diminishing returns where it's like, all right, there's no point in me doing this because I'll just be like so turned off by by the second episode, you know. That's what, so you're never that person like in college who would stay at the party longer than you should be where it's like that, that you're in no. a party where it's that, that awkward hour. And like, I'm not like a big drinker. So like, it's that like, right. all right, everyone's, it's, it's going to either someone's going to fuck or there's going to be a fight. And it's just that really sloppy <laughs> hour. And you're like, why am Here's, I still here? My thing is that I, um, always left before the good part of the party happened I would always like, like fuck up and like go home way too early, you know, and then like everybody would tell me about the awesome night the next day. Or like when I was at that Missy and Zach taping uh, last uh, last August, I guess, um, I knew that I had to get an Uber back to my hotel at some point. So I was like, all right, I don't want to get kicked out of here and then have to wait for the Uber outside in an area that I don't know. So I'll just head home early, you know, and then I saw on Instagram or whatever that they were just like Missy and Zach and the... um, all the other people that I was having a conversation with were like hanging out afterwards. And I was like, yeah, I fucked up. Like I'm the weirdo who went home at nine o'clock, I guess. Oh my God. Especially on like LA time, right? Like in a city, it's like nine o'clock's early. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't like go home. I just like went around and like got some good, like LA food and stuff like that. In and out. Yeah. I definitely had in and out a couple of times. So good. It's okay. I, I had better burgers when I was there. I had better fries. I don't know. It's been a number of years since I had it. So I wonder if I built it up in my head. Yeah, the, the hype around it definitely is is something. I, I, I like Troy's burgers when I was down there. Those were good. People from California are kind of weird. I went to college a lot of kids from uh, California. 
right. all good people and whatever. But then they would just like get in these fights about NorCal SoCal all the time. I'm like, <laughs> dude, nobody gives a shit right. at all. No one knows what you're talking about. But like, well, the East Coast. I'm like, nobody calls it the East Coast. Yeah. Nobody out here. Because like you guys, there's three states on the West Coast from like what Washington to Oregon, California. Like right. if you go from Maine to Florida, that's like almost two different countries. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the vibe from Seattle to Portland is so similar. You know, the the vibe from Seattle to Portland is more similar than the vibe from Seattle to my college town in eastern Washington. Like there's more difference when you go east than there is when you go south, I think, when you're on when you're on the West Coast. That's so that's awesome, man. Uh, Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's funny. And I just like whenever I I was in like San Francisco and they were just talking so much shit. I'm like, SoCal. I'm like, that's eight hours away. I'm not going there. Please show me something cool here. Right. Right. (laughs) That was like the whole trip. And then was marijuana legal? I don't think. Well, it was like medical marijuana was legal at that point, Mm. which wouldn't have mattered because we still would have had it regardless. I don't smoke pot anymore. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I actually stopped a few years ago. And then, like, I finally was like, oh, I'm going to do it again. And I, like, I did it a couple times. And then I really just didn't like it. And I just stopped. Yeah. Which I never thought that would ever happen. But it totally did. Yeah. I've, I've got an interesting history with that kind of stuff. Like, when I was trying to lose weight last, a year and a half ago, I guess now, I, like, the first thing that I wanted to do was, like, get my sleeping schedule in order, you know? So I, like, gave up on caffeine, waited a couple months, cut down on fast food. And then a year ago now, I stopped drinking. And then this year I learned that like I, I, I was able to do all that because I'm like, OK, I like smoking weed more than I like any of these things. So this is fine, yeah. you know, and I like lost a bunch of weight and like got in really good shape um, and have maintained that, which is good. I didn't expect to do any of that. And uh, then this year I learned that I'm actually allergic to pot. <laughs> and no. that, yeah. And that not everybody when they smoke weed or do edibles like has like their uh, uvula, I guess, in the back of their throat, like swole up and like go down oh. their throat. Oh my god, that's like a yeah. real. I some people probably thought it was like a fake allergy, but that's real. No, no, no. I would not fake an allergy to pot. I love smoking weed a lot. And um Wow. Yeah, and so like it's like I just have to be like so careful. Like I stopped for for a while for a few months and then I realized that like I can just like smoke a little bit and I'm fine, you know. Do, can they isolate the chemical that you're allergic to and like maybe is it like I don't know. Uh, yeah, scientist out there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've I've like tried like messing around with like only smoking like a sativa or a indica instead of doing a hybrid or like doing edibles or whatever instead. But it's just I I don't know. It's just something that I'm finding a balance to. You know, generally I'm a very like healthy person. So, is it legal out there where you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here in Washington. Yeah. So you can walk into a shop. Yeah, right across the street from Safeway. You just walk in. Oh. Everybody in there is super nice. They know like everything about weed. If you're like a newbie, it's it's good, man. It's real good. Yeah, they're they're opening the legal shops in Massachusetts, which I live nine minutes away from. Um, Medicinal or or recreational? No, recreational. Oh, that's cool. It was a kind of a long battle. The state of Massachusetts, the voters voted to um, legalize it like outright, like all other states. Right. And then the city and state government were just they were fu- even after it was like legally patented. That was passed they still spent another year dragging their feet to let the shops open up and it's it's been like a lot of states rights bullshit of just like the government fighting the people because as the people have voted this is what we want and they just right. keep trying to stop it but it's finally july will finally happen like i live in rhode island where it's been like medically legal for five years and the shops only are 10 years i don't know how long but it's it took crazy. like five years for a shop to even open up and then but whatever. So like July, I I know I've always wanted to walk into a shop. I'm just excited for that experience to walk into one and be like, whoa. And then I'm sure I'll never go back. 
I think what it is, is it's going to be a really long road to get it legalized everywhere. But I think once enough states have done it, it's just going to like federally be legalized. I mean, I think the thing is, is that like once it's legalized, it's just like the most casual thing in the world. Like I've never felt like weird going in to buy pot at a, a legal weed store or anything like that. You know? I don't think um, I mean, and I'll not getting like too into the weeds and politics, but the fact right. that um, the Trump administration with having like just session as the attorney general. Yeah. And it's actually stayed a lot calmer with the cannabis than I expected. I thought this was the guy who's going to come in and just stop all of it because that's been his Jeff Sessions MO for his whole. Yeah, that's that's the way he talks. Yeah. And so the fact that it didn't made me realize like maybe this isn't going to be the administration that legalizes it. But the fact that it's even staying this strong is really surprising to me. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going back. I think it's like like gay marriage. Like they're not going to make gay marriage illegal again. Like you just can't. No. You know? So like once it's legalized in certain states, it's not they're not going to drag back on that. And there's too much money involved in the legal cannabis industry now. Yeah. So you have like Philip Morris and all of these like giant corporations who have lobbyists for cannabis like that kind of go along with it. Right. And stuff like that. Yeah. It's social change is weird. Like even like especially like same sex marriage, like. Um, I forgot. I heard this quote, but so it's just changed. Like it feels like it's forever, 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 yep. and then just one day it's there. Yep, that's exactly what it is. I mean, we- weed was legalized here in Washington, like right before or after I turned twenty-one. So it was just like always an option for me, you know. Oh my god, I yeah, it's it's insane. It's just like and then just one day. It's funny to see how much it was like demonized for so long. You know, there was like so much stuff like wrapped up. You know, the government wanted to like make it a racial thing to like scare people away from it. And then there were millions of cartoon PSAs about like, you know, you smoke weed once and you'll think you're a bird and you'll try and jump off your house and kill yourself. Like, yes, it's, it's funny looking back at like the dare campaign and all of that, you know, and then now it's just like not even a thing. That reminds me of something, a podcast episode. I want, that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you on. You did an episode about the cartoon cartoon all-stars. Yeah, way back in the day, kind of. That was a like a year, maybe two ago now. So that you know, we were talking in the beginning about like you know, there's too much choice. For whatever reason, we had that at VHS in my house, and I watched that thing Holy at the time a hundred times, <laughs> literally, because That's it was awesome. actually when it aired, it was amazing. Right, right. It was the Lego movie of the day. It was the Ready Player One or the... Well, that was boring, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I didn't like Ready Player One either, but it was just like crazy to see this insane crossover. Just seeing all your favorite characters talking. I remember, book. Uh, quick story on Ready Player One. I saw Ready Player One, and then this is like two weeks, maybe th- literally two weeks later, I was remembering a Spider-Man preview I saw for this animated thing that looked really cool, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember what movie I saw it for, and it took me an entire day of like trying to remember what movie I saw. I had actually text the person I saw it with. I went on Google's like movies that came out in the last six weeks right. and it was ready player one. So it wasn't terrible. It was just forgetful. It was not terrible. I, I had a lot of fun with it and I saw it Me twice too. actually. And the second time I saw it, I saw it in like 40 X and I've never seen that before. That's like where like this, the seat shakes and the screen is like really big and like it sprays you with water or blows you with wind or whatever. And uh, that was the perfect movie to see that in. Like, it was just so ludicrous, and so is 40X, so it was perfect. So I want to ask you this. I saw that you were like opening about your being bisexual on Twitter, which I think is awesome. So I, are people cool to you about it? Like, I don't know anyone your age going through it because the generational shift is... It's a weird age because like um, homophobia is alive and well still, and sometimes... Especially in Aberdeen. Yeah, it's it's interesting place. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to liberal arts college in Vermont, and I live in Providence, like... Do when they legalize same sex marriage here in Providence, I'm heterosexual. My wife and I went, and it was the Rhode Island gay man 
uh, chorus was singing as uh, the gay representative signed the bill. So like, <laughs> I I know when I was in high school, like I don't even like to say it out loud, but like we use the f word as if it was like the way you would say like damn, and it's just so funny how that shift has changed. Yeah. So like, I hope people have been nice to you on the internet. I I, I fear <laughs> for like the internet is where the darkness comes out. No, yeah, it's it's been very cool on Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. You know, like I, I came out on Facebook was the big thing was like, oh, because family. Yeah, I've just been talking about it on Twitter for a while just because it feels good to have a place where you can like make those kinds of jokes, you know, or talk about those kinds of things, frankly, in a joking format. Yeah, you said something real funny today. Was it today about your college professor or whatever a few days ago on Twitter? Oh, that was that professor was fucked up. You? Yeah, dude. So it felt so bad. but It was a really funny tweet. Yeah. So like that was something that I forgot about for the last like three years. This must have happened in like 2014 uh, or 15, I guess. I was taking like a film criticism class and we watched The Crying Game. <laughs> And for anybody that doesn't know, that's that's a movie and the character is trans, but it's like a big like seeker. Like that's the reveal in the movie is like the movie frames. It is like, that's a man pretending to be a woman. That's so crazy, you know, <laughs> and that's like the big twist of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, the the professor was like, OK, so like who saw earlier on in the film, the, like the true nature of Dill's character? And I raised my hand and she was like, it's really interesting because like usually queer people actually notice that way earlier than other people. Oh, boy. I was like the only one raising my hand. I was like, this is so because I didn't even know at that point, you know, like like what what I was really because like all that I knew through high school was like nobody talks about bisexuality. I was just like, I like girls, so I must be straight, I guess. I just didn't know and that I, was an option to like both. I didn't know that was a thing that people were. And sometimes it can be like debated within the community too. Like I've known so many gay or lesbian people who would be like kind of assholes. Like, well, bisexuality doesn't exist. They're just being greedy. Like that was like a, a long dialogue for a number of years when I was younger, which I hope it's advanced from then. Yeah. The big thing is like if a bisexual woman marries a man, they'll say that you're like betraying the queer community, you know, or like mm. people saying, if you're dating a man, then you're gay as a man. And if you're dating a woman, then you're straight as a man. There is a, a weird thing where like, I think people think that once you get married, then you're just done being attracted to all genders. And that's not really how it works. You know, like when people get married, they're not suddenly asexual except for their partner. <laughs> I would have never gotten married if that was the case. Right. I don't think anyone would if you get like, castrated. That's yeah, yeah. That, that's true. It, it, it is. And I know like a lot of people, men, are very okay with women being bisexual because it's like a turn on or whatever. But when it's a man being bisexual, it's like a whole different thing. They're like, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Like, why do you care? It's a very strange culture. And I think it's just something that people don't understand for the most part. Like I mentioned, I, I, I said on Facebook, literally my coming out was just like, writing i'm bisexual and that was it like usually i would make like a big joke or like make like a big long rant and um a few days later somebody talked to me about it and they were a, a close family member and they were like you know i really wish that you would have told me like face to face and that felt really like that hurt me because i'm like i'm that affected somebody that i didn't tell them in person you know and i wish that i had with them but like with everybody else i sort of feel like I didn't want to have the conversation 500 times. Yeah. But why did that person want to, I mean, I don't have to get that into your life with that specific person. I wonder. Oh, go for it. That's interesting. Cause like, as you said that, I thought I was like, Oh, you don't owe that. Like in my head, I'm like, you don't owe anyone anything. The same reason I don't have to type in I'm heterosexual, but if it's specific right. family members, maybe it's, there could be various reasons. So I don't know that specific case, but I, I, I would wish we can get to a point where you don't even have to say, it's just like, I am who I am, but you know, you do need right. to say it because we need allies and we need to show that, this is normal. 
Yeah, I, I think the thing was that I wasn't thinking about anybody else. And that's not, I don't have to think about anybody else. But in the end, I mean, I did tell my mom and I told my brother before that and I told a few friends. That was it. Aside from that, I just made it like a big blanket thing. Like I didn't want to talk to everybody individually. And so when this person came to me and said, like, I really wish you would have told me in person, I just sort of thought about that for a minute. Like, yeah, like I maybe there were a few more people that I should have told before I made it like a big thing, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it's like uh, telling someone you're pregnant because like you just want to experience that moment. Yeah, that's a really good. I was trying to think of what it what it would be like, because, well, what what they had said after that was like. It was a really strange thing for you to post because usually what you post about is like, oh, I saw this movie or, oh, I got this job or something. But this feels like you saying like, oh, I hooked up and banged this hot chick last night. And I was like, whoa, like, I don't think about that. Yeah, I don't think about saying I'm bisexual is like making people think about me having sex with a man or having sex with a woman. But that that was sort of the way that they saw it as me talking about like my sex life, Hmm. which is strange because I think of it more as like who I love or who I am, you know, more so than who I'm Is it I'm safe to guess with. as an older person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious of what the reaction of like, if you told your friend who's like 25 versus like your 70 year old grandmother or, like, right. or no. anyone. <laughs> no, like, they, they, I'm just curious the range. I'm sure like the younger people are like, cool. Yeah. They, they weren't like 70. They were like in their, in their forties, but I'm not, I'm not like outing them or anything like that. It's no, like no, the no. person that said this to me, but Would the people your age just like, all right, that's fun. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, the, there were two people that I had come out to like before telling my mom and they were both friends of mine. And I like my thing is like I just bring it up in like the most casual way possible because I don't want it to be like a big like emotional thing. So like when I told my mom, I was literally like I made it part of a story of like, you know, I was watching Call Me By Your Name the other day and I really related to it because I'm bisexual and I was driving and I just like did that so that like I didn't have to like make it a big thing. I mean, I'm not in the camp of like people that are like, everybody's bisexual. It's just that most people are lying about it because I've heard people say that. But I think that people a lot of the time in my generation are more open to like, even if they're mostly attracted to women, if they had a real emotional connection with a man, they could see themselves with that person, you know, in that it's, kind of that, situation. I, I mean, I knew I went to college with someone who was like, they call themselves pansexual. And if I get this wrong, I'm, this is only because I'm just not entirely sure. Right. As uh, someone who's they fall in love with the person, not the gender. Is that the right? Is that correct? Pansexuality is more a subset of bisexuality. And that's mm-hmm. like a way bigger conversation. Like that was like uh, a changing of the term sort of when transgender people were becoming more of like an actual thing that people talked about rather than something that was like a joke in a movie, you know? And so like pansexuality is like I'm attracted to all genders. Mm. And and that's oh, sort of a strange thing because like bisexuality used to be like I'm attracted to men and women. But like for me, I'm pansexual, but that's a subset of bisexuality I see it as. And I'm sure another conversation that's like if you if Right, you that, that's going into some touchy water because I'm like a cis dude, so like I don't have, you know, like a whole right to like talk about trans yeah, rights you get and on all Facebook, those things, I, you know. Like mom, I'm pansexual, that's gonna be a different conversation. Like explaining that to my grandmother or something yeah mm-hmm. that's what i wanted to avoid I, i'm not being part. mean i just i just don't know these terms anymore right i think that's also a thing of like i didn't know what bisexuality was until i was in college so i can't expect my mother or my dad or all of my friends or my grandparents to understand pansexuality i'm just not going to put that on people i don't think that's nice of you i i never think of that because <laughs> well, thank like, you <laughs> 
well, I'm heterosexual, and that's stuff I've right. never had to think about. There's never been a single part of my entire life where I had to explain my sexuality to my parents. We can completely ignore it, and it's been fine. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's weird that, um, and I've I've had a number of wonderful pe- friends who are homosexual, bisexual, or I know it's it's like I guess it's that thing when you like when you're like in college and you like you learn about like white privilege or something or any of right. those types of things like those social terms you never knew of and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is what women go through right right and some people on both sides take things too far and i just feel like you know we're all trying like if, if anything i just want everyone at least just try to understand each other and also too you can have long lost friendships and i ne- almost never sexuality almost never comes up because i just want to talk about video games and movies and tv <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speak. But there, um, have you watched One Day at a Time on Netflix? Because they have, which is a, a phenomenal. It's um, a reboot, which I had never seen the soap opera, but it's very sitcommy, and it's uh, Norman Lear's producing it. So it's got that like very old, all in the family feel, where it's like it's light and it's funny and it's really sad and it takes on huge social causes. And um, one of the 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 the, the oldest girl is bisexual. The, they handle her storyline so well, and then. Um, they're Cuban, so there's a lot of like how like her very conservative Catholic grandmother takes it, and then how her father—I won't ruin it—but like takes right. it and the mother. Right. It's interesting. It it it's a really brilliant show, and I I just love that storyline because the thing I love about the storyline is it's not like a one note episode. It's like mom, I'm by, and then it really just delves into it. But it's just a part of her life. It's like it's not I'm a bisexual character. It's a character who is bisexual. Yeah, I think that kind of thing is, like, really important, especially right now. Like, I think that if I had seen those kinds of characters portrayed in a real way, you know, 12 years ago or whatever, I would have realized that about myself a long time ago. And um, I think there's a lot better representation right now, especially for female bisexual characters. But I think that for men, that just doesn't exist. Like, Hmm, are there any I could think of? Yeah, there, there's a few like Constantine in, in the CW verse and stuff like that. You know, characters that like make a lot of jokes about their sexuality, but it's not like confirmed in any way, like Deadpool or something. Yeah. But it's it's funny because when you look at especially like celebrities, like a lot of male celebrities, when they say like I've been with men and women, they want to not put a label on it. And it's it's weird because like when I look at like, OK, these are like the people that I admire in pop culture and a creative field that are bisexual it's it's almost all women it's like mm. 50 women and keenan lonsdale and that's it he's bisexual like, yeah mm-hmm. didn't know that yeah and there's there's just not a lot of that out there it's like rebecca sugar you know and stephanie beatriz from brooklyn 99 and oh and that was like another that. great storyline they did that's an another right. show that i could right. spend all day about that show with or not even just sexuality the show is just incredible yeah it's awesome or like sarah lance from uh legends of tomorrow or characters oh, yeah. from video games and things like that but a lot of them end up being women because i just think that like i don't know i mean i'm not going to get into like toxic masculinity but yeah it's, well, it's I, th- I know stephanie I beatrice know. is bisexual in real life right right uh, i think that's why the character was and i know the arrow guys um are just seem to be a little more progressive and just like they're like well now the west are black so that seems pretty cool the cw is a really interesting place i mean i've talked about it a lot and what i love about it is just like people talk about a lot of the time how they think that it's like forced diversity or something like that you know like they're really really pushing too hard or they're way way too on the nose or they're really trying to fill a quota but i think that's kind of what we need like we need a channel that's like we're really going to be very specific about having a queer character in every show or being very racially diverse or whatever, because we want middle America or whoever hasn't been able to be exposed to that 
to -hmm. see that that's a normal thing. Like growing up, that just wasn't a normal thing. Like gay gay characters were just like stereotypes in Adam Sandler movies. I I mean, mean, seriously, I mean, if there isn't a push for it, we get Mickey Rooney in um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. You know what I mean? Like left to our own devices, (laughs) things haven't been so good. And that's, you know, a long time ago, but you know, you can even go pretty forward. Like unless we make the push, then nothing changes. It's just a bunch of straight white guys. Yeah, and it's 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 strange because I'm not like the person that's going to like complain about a movie being all white guys. But like I do think it's interesting to look at and I do champion things that really make an attempt to be diverse or at least to you know like have an Asian male character that isn't like a wimpy wuss or a kung fu master. Like if there's an Asian male character in this thing who's actually like attractive and competent and not a stereotype that's amazing and i'll definitely support that thing masters of none did a very good job at that did you watch that show yeah i've only seen the first season though it was a it was a bit ago the season two they do um the um, lena waits character has a uh, thanksgiving episode about her coming out to her family and it's one of the most amazing episodes of television i've ever watched it's beautiful it's heartwarming oh cool um, it's interesting because it doesn't get tied up in a nice little bow and it seemed to be pretty accurate to her life where like she kind of bends a little bit to understand her mom doesn't get it and her mom bends to understand that she doesn't get it but they can still love each other and be a family it's very good i i just thought it was a very good season i like i like that show quite a lot it's interesting to see the way that like tv is headed these days where like things i don't know like the invention of cable really pushed things and then the invention of like streaming media and stuff like that really pushed narratives you know to the point that like tv can just do something weird like i don't know if you watch atlanta ever but like atlanta season two was just like this insane like i couldn't get into it but i was also watching that when i was like on my um paternity leave oh so i wasn't sleeping so maybe i should try again it didn't seem as weird as everyone made it out to be so i didn't get far enough into the twin peaks part of it okay watch season two episode six and the thing about the show is that it's sort of like Every episode is its own thing, except for Mm. ones that are connected plot wise. But season two, episode six is really like one of the just most awesome episodes of TV. Is that the skin dying episode? Yeah. Yeah. You've heard about it. I've read about it. Yeah. It's like if you watch it without knowing anything about it, it's just like so. Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. Because it's funny. My dear friend, one of my really good friends from college was a gay Sierra Leone refugee who lives in Atlanta. And um, is awesome, dude. And I learned so much about gay culture, especially in the gay culture in the South. It's way different too, especially within black culture. It's just like it's a whole different game. So he was one like, I, like about like skin dye. I remember him telling me stuff about that, or like I, he would get drunk. I'm like, Francis, can I just ask you everything I don't know? Like every straight person, every person just needs that friend who's just like, listen, I'm ignorant. Please just inform me what I don't know. Right. Or like learning about like the down low and that kind of stuff. Well, the weird thing is, I'm going to have to have those kinds of conversations with people like i don't there isn't a gay culture like i don't know i've got two queer friends you know and then i know people online and stuff like that but like i just went to a gay bar for the first time like a week ago like i don't that that kind of thing just doesn't exist here yeah there there are bars in aberdeen that are like outright like violently homophobic and everybody's just like yeah that's cool that's like the most popular bar in town and it's like i guess that's just what this what this town is i guess I used to work with a guy at Starbucks who was like part of Stonewall. Wow. I like X Lucky. I got to know a lot of really. You should go to Provincetown. That's like the gay capital of the United States. Mm-hmm. It's um, 
it could be overwhelming though because that's it also takes on this yeah. other, another element because it's because there's also a huge drag community so i know they're separated but it all melts together so like if you're not familiar with it and you're like i think all gay men dre- wear dresses that will be the place that will give you confirmation <laughs> bias <laughs> <laughs> well i i think that my my experience going to a gay bar for the first time a week ago was that this place is very full of people and I don't like it because it's just way too full of people. And like, yeah. I just need to go to another place that's like less busy or maybe that's just not my scene. Like I was saying about the introverted thing, maybe I'll just meet a guy that I really like and that'll be the thing. Maybe I'm not like a clubby kind of person. So you need like a LGBT nerdy themed pinball arcade bar. That's exactly what I what I told my cousin after that as I was like, I want to go to like a gay barcade. That's what I want, yeah. like where I can just like hang out and like hit on people and play Mario Kart and drink like or not not drink because I don't yeah. drink. But, you know, we have this really great arcade bar uh, and I got to interview the owner called Shelter Arcade Bar and they'll do like a LBGTQ dating night. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's- I just think that's like the sweetest thing in the world. And there's no cover charge. So I get to play my free pinball. And I went to the last time I was there, I went to like the Comic-Con after party. And it was fucking awesome. That's I was cool. just like killing it at pinball and playing like old like NFL Blitz and Mario and stuff. It was the best. Yeah. You need a gay arcade bar. You should yeah. start one or move to LA. You know what? Don't don't lead the charge. Just get the hell out of there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I'll be moving in July or August, maybe. Oh, It'll... congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I've been saving up for a while for it, and I'm just excited about it. Um, dating will be an interesting thing because I don't drink caffeine or coffee. I don't drink alcohol. So Salt Lake City might be for you. <laughs> yeah, God, no. <laughs> Except ma- <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm afraid of, is that somebody will think I'm like a Quaker or something like that. I you know. know. I, I liked those things. That's the thing. But I had to give them up because of, you know, sleeping issues and, and other things. You're going to so- be the square bisexual in Los Angeles. I'm curious. I, uh, when you look at the prices from Aberdeen to Los Angeles, you're like, how? <sighs> Yeah, in Aberdeen, I'm staying with family to save up and, and get out of here. You know, that's the only reason yeah. I'm here. So it'll it'll be interesting trying to figure it out. But for the first time in my life, I'm like working, you know, like five days a week on a job that I love rather than like one or two. So, so you're free, but freelance. So like you don't go to an office or nothing, right? You're like just working at home. Well, they're going to they're going to have a studio set up for unqualified and all of these things that are going to be like so great. And like, oh, hopefully so like an office. Yeah, and like hopefully I'll be like producing soon as well as editing and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's definitely I'm very connected to it all. And there's also like a lot of things that just get thrown my way. Like I worked on this uh, podcast pilot for Cat Sadler a couple weeks ago. So like her her pilot that she did of a podcast was like really good. And I hope that it goes somewhere because she's like somebody that I just like admire so much and would love to work for. And I get thrown like these like weird one off things that might become something someday. You know. Isn't that funny, a podcast pilot? Because in theory, you could just do it. Yeah. I, mean, I understand why they, they're doing it because they want to make money and they're doing it right. Well, and it might not even be that. Like, she's looking to, like, expand her brand and do something different. And she wants to know if podcasting is right for her, you know? So she yeah. tries a one-off Mother's Day special thing. And then if it works out, maybe yeah. there will be more. Who knows? Did you read the thing about Spotify signing Amy Schumer, like, a million dollars to start a podca- exclusive podcast? So it's starting to see the future kind of turn that Spotify... Original content seems to be the thing of where it's going. That's interesting. It's it's very strange because like taking things off of iTunes and taking them off of Google Play Podcasts and Stitcher and all these different places that people actually like to listen. I I love Earwolf shows, but I don't listen to a lot of them anymore. 
because they've made their own app that's terrible on Android and they're not intending on fixing it at all. Why do all apps for the most part suck? Yeah. And it's, I don't it's, understand it. It's just because like they just didn't put in the money or the resources to fix it or they hired the wrong people or whatever. But like they literally the app has been terrible and then they made a new app, which is also terrible. And they made a new app, which is also terrible. And so like now it's like Stitcher Plus and I, I pay for it. And then I get the the RSS code and I put it into my normal podcasting app. So I'm just paying for something I'm never going to use. I didn't even like the Stitcher app. No, the Stitcher app is terrible. That's the thing. And, and I wanted to like it because I wanted to listen to that Wolverine show. Yeah. And I loved missing Richard Simmons. And I was like, I just can't right. justify paying for this. This is the interface is so hard to use. And I'm like, a, yeah, I insane. have a podcast. I know how to use them. And I couldn't figure out the thing immediately. So that says yeah. something. It's not like my grandmother. Like, it's me. Well, and yeah, I really hated it. Yeah, that's the weird thing is like it should like the thing about podcasting that makes it cool is that it's free and that it's very accessible and that people like us can make something that's amazing if we just put our heart and soul and time into it and sort of sectioning things off and putting them on Stitcher, or putting them on Spotify exclusively or putting them on whatever. You know, I think the Patreon is a different thing, like putting exclusive content on there that's separate from the main stuff is is good, like bonus stuff. And that's why I support like Doughboys and um, Good Christian Fun and stuff like that on Patreon. But I think taking away something and putting it on an isolated app is a bad idea in general. It's almost like when Radiohead gave away their album where it's good for Radiohead but bad for everyone else. Because like right. you have to be a Radiohead to do that. Right, exactly. Or I mean, a, a U2, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious to see where the industry goes and if it's more popping up on cars and not on planes and... Um, I mean, it's not going anywhere. That's cool. You're seeing bigger companies invest, which is really cool. My wife, like where she works, they're starting. She's like leading the charge for them to start one. So it's yeah. cool. It's cool to see. I mean, hopefully it's not going anywhere. You know, I'm putting a lot of resources into like making a name for myself in this, hopefully, you know, and like actually like building a career out of it and production and stuff like that. Even if I'm not a professional host, I can still be the person behind the scenes that makes shit run well. You know, it's like an actor who becomes a director. You go to LA to become an actor, and then you fall short and end up becoming a successful producer. <laughs> Judd Apatow tried to failed comedian turned mega producer. So like, right. no, it's great. I'm with you. I totally. I, I don't think that I like failed at the hosting thing. You know, like I think that that's like something that I I never expected to make a cent off of any of this. So the fact that I'm actually like pretty much at a living wage doing post production stuff. Oh, that's is insane! Like, it's so crazy. That's so cool. Well, there's a podcast company here that um. So my my friend's Rhode Island agent one. Yeah, in Warwick, but they're like they do. It's a booking agency, but they tend to work more with like real estate entrepreneur podcast stuff. And like right. my goal was to work there, and then my company merged, and I got like a raise and all that benefits and really good stuff. And I have a job that I really like and can't make that risk, but I'm extremely happy, so I can't complain. So it was weird. So it's like, oh wow, this it's taken off. Like this this woman found a niche and is really hit doing it well. Because I've, I've only been in it for three years, and it's changed so much for me in that time, you know? Just the fact someone knows what one is now when I talk about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Pod what? Even if they only know about cereal, it's it's that, you know? That's huge. I mean, I just wish that we could go back and change the name from podcast to something else. Yeah. Because, I mean, iPods don't even exist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, so um, anything, we, I don't, we never really had anything intended to start out with, <laughs> But it was wonderful as usual. Is there anything um, thing to, you want to hit on? Or if not, where can people find you online? 
Uh, no, not really, man. I mean, if you guys want to find me on the internet, I am at Future Horse Pod on Twitter, or I host the Cynical Cartoons podcast, Tainami, or Unfortunate Associates. And Unfortunate Associates is a podcast about a series of unfortunate events, uh, which is going really well. I don't know. I'm really enjoying talking about that show a lot. It was something that I like read as a as a kid and then getting to return to it. And taking a tactic of like safe for work, because we want to like make it good for kids to listen to, you know, is so strange. Because I'm sure as people have been able to tell from this, like I will talk about anything and I cuss a lot. So yeah, it's interesting having like, like a 12 year old ride into the show and be like, I love that you guys are doing this. You know, that's not an experience I've had before. I'm now learning that like the whole value of parents and kids liking something is invaluable. My daughter's not old enough for that yet. Like, she can't really understand stuff like that. Right. I think they say around 18 months, you got to stop the swearing and stuff. So then I'm going <laughs> to Or just keep like, on it, you know? That's kind of my thing. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Whatever. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> before we go, I do want to recommend uh, to audience and, and you, have you listened to Blank Check? No, I haven't heard that one. It's a movie podcast, and it's I've never heard a movie podcast where the hosts are, like, fucking hilarious and somehow extremely knowledgeable in film critics simultaneously huh. it's um griffin is um arthur if you watch the tick on amazon oh okay i don't like him but that's okay <laughs> oh then yeah it, it, it's a show I hate where him, i find actually it, there's a there's this level of the show like i love it but like they're really funny but there's this weird level of like you either think they're hilarious or you find it annoying you hate it so i right i happen to love it but i can see it, it can go either way Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Popped Us Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com.